Per omnia saecula saeculorum. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was young, growing up on Tobin Road in Annandale, just behind Epiphany of Our Lord off Woodburn, which is where Fairfax Hospital meets the intersection of Gallows and Woodburn, I remember in the springtime and the summertime, through yard work and through visits to the nursery, trying to figure out what's the difference between perennial and annual. Because when you hear the word annual, it sounds like it's going to happen every year. Eventually, just obviously through paying attention, I figured that perennial must be more permanent. And in fact, annual is a misplaced modifier. It doesn't, doesn't modify plants. Annual is a description of the planter, right? The only thing that happens annually is that the gardener decides to put those things in the ground. But the plants do, don't do anything annually. In the gospel passage that we have before us, our Lord is reminding us that when you follow him, it is permanent. If you are coming along with me, you're going through to the end. The apostles knew or thought they knew the end point, Jerusalem, the reason why they weren't welcome in that Samaritan village. And our Lord tried to tell them at various points The end point in Jerusalem is his death, but that the Son of Man will be raised on the third day, knowing that they wouldn't really understand that until it actually happened and they witnessed it themselves. In any number of different ways that are reminiscent of Elijah and Elisha, our Lord emphasizes that put your hand to the plow And you can't look back, otherwise you won't be able to plow. If you let go, make sure you're really letting go. If you cling to me, make sure you're really clinging to me. When we hear this, we think usually in terms of our grand decisions in life, to marry, to enter religious life, to go into the seminary and be ordained a priest. And we know that that is the defining moment. Those, that will be the time of my permanent vows, my permanent promises. And it gives us anxiety. Even though, as we considered last Sunday, that the irrevocability of vows makes those vows more likely to be fruitful and therefore makes the irrevocability that much more attractive. Still, the idea of being bound permanently can easily make our heart flutter. And not just because we might be afraid that we're making the wrong choice and then we're stuck in it get ordained and then get married and then get consecrated and then think twice. But there's something about 
just that notion of for the rest of my life that sounds dramatic, right? We hear the, the soundtrack and the lights change. When in fact, it's good to be reminded from time to time, especially in summer when everything seems so uh, transient, doing things for the rest of our lives is properly human. Just think of all the things that you will do every day for the rest of your life. You'll sleep. You'll wake up. You'll brush your teeth. You'll wash. You'll eat. You'll put on clean enough clothes. You'll talk to people. You might play, you might work, but you'll, you'll be active. You'll love people. You'll deal with difficult people. You'll witness people putting up with yourself. You'll pray. You'll go to bed. It's not Groundhog Day. It's not a rat on a wheel. It's the reality that there are things that we just simply desire because we've come to desire them and they're good for us. And they're also the things that don't come naturally, but we've learned how to do them such that it doesn't take even that much effort. You wake up, you haven't had your coffee yet, but you simply gravitate towards the sink, water goes on, cap comes off the toothpaste, toothbrush goes under the water, toothpaste goes on the brush, water goes off, right? Remember to turn the water off. And you're just brushing. You're, you don't even have a coherent thought. But none of that actually happened automatically. You had to will for that to happen. And it's a perfect example of how that good life comes naturally when we practice it enough. Even if it's a matter of being honest, being kind, being thoughtful, being merciful. As we practice that, especially if we can practice it when we're younger, it becomes a way of life such that we enjoy being honest, thoughtful, considerate, merciful. We have to drown out the voices of the bad German philosophers who say, that's not, that's not good because it wasn't difficult. No, it's even better than that. It's even better than doing something difficult because you've done the work of making it a part of your life. I'm not just simply making lots of individually good decisions. It's become a way of life such that it's a virtue. It's a disposition of my soul. I prefer it. And so when we think of following the Lord no matter what, and we think of those, those crises, those turning points, those challenges, those temptations, and we think that every single time I have to make the right decision, it can be overwhelming. But only because we've forgotten that it doesn't have to be a matter of a million individual decisions. 
when we do the work of making following Christ our life. And then it's simply who we are. And then our actions flow from our being. When loving Him, when praying, when, when cleansing ourselves with sacramentals and being cleansed in the sacrament, nourishing ourselves, listening to His Word, pondering His wisdom, when that becomes a way of life, it's just simply who we are. And it becomes easier. So I offer a, a, a promise and hold out a hope. If following Christ, if being Christian feels like a relentless series of, of, of choices, challenges, decisions that I got to get right. Then it could be that there are habits of Christian faith that haven't, haven't developed. And when they develop, as they developed, all of this becomes easy. How many times have you been complimented on something and you replied, well, it wasn't hard? playing something on the piano or on the violin where you're not even, you're not thinking note by note. The music's just in your fingers. It just goes. Or holding the door open for someone or, or making, you know, some gift for someone. Cleaning the dishes. I forgot to add that to the list of what we do every day, no matter what. More than likely, most of the things that prompt people to thank you are actions that didn't take that much effort because that's simply whom you have become. And so instead of being an annual Christian, you're a perennial Christian. It's not the constant effort, but it's the constant infusion of grace. So we pray to the Lord for, for perseverance and courage for those who, who are having a tough go of it and who, who, who really desire to, to become fully Christian. And then for those who have done so, who know that they get no credit for it whatsoever, we give offer, we offer praise and thanks and glory to God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.